Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. リスナーの皆様ようこそ第18回のエピソードが間もなく開始いたします<笑> Welcome everybody to the 18th podcast Tim dared me to open it up in Japanese I did that was awesome <笑> That was amazing thank you for that、uh, I don't know if What did you say I said welcome to the 18th episode of our podcast welcome all listeners Awesome Beautiful. Anyways,、uh, welcome, Heroes of the Realms, to our 18th episode of Sparks and Recreation. I am one of your hosts, Matthew Jigmalinkba Rooks, joined as always by my right hand man, Tim Agency 13 McKenzie, the spiked pauldron to my sorcerer's gloves.、Okay. How are we doing today, amigo? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. It's been a pretty good day.、Um, it's getting really cold here in Indiana. Like it snowed the other day, and I'm really not happy about it. But、uh, otherwise, really good. Nice. We are recording on November 15th. So, yeah, it is starting to get to、uh, the colder months.、Uh, along with us, our, our other crew member joining us for today is Chris Double Dubs Wahlberg. How are we doing today, Diamond Double D? <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. I am doing well, man. I'm excited to be here as always. I feel like I've taken a little bit of a break from the content after missing streaming last week, but I am here, fired up, ready to rock and roll, super pumped about the guest that we have with us today. Yes. And speaking of guests, what an honor to be joined by who is widely considered to be one of, if not the best. Hero Realms player in the realms. That's right. The Cats says meow. Alex Rogers is here joining the Sparks and Rec crew. How are you today, my friend?、Woo. I'm fantastic, man. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited. It's, I'm it's not your first podcast for Hero Realms, but it is your first appearance on the Sparks. We are so delighted to have you. In fact, we're so delighted to have you today that Sam forgot to. Uh, show up and, and join the <laughs> podcast.、Recording. Oh, man. We'll see if he remembers and joins in a little bit. He, he forgot about daylight savings time. That's what it is. Sure. That could be it. It. Was. it could be. But he's in,、uh, he's in DC, right? Yeah. yeah. And they do have daylight savings. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, I'm, I'm in South Carolina. So, I was, you know, I was, just, I was just making a joke because he'd have been here an hour early if he forgot about it. Right. Like I did, which <laughs>、yeah. is exactly、so、maybe what I did. He showed up and left. <laughs> yeah. Because no one he was、did. here. <laughs> Matt was here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways,、um, we have a wonderful show for you today, guys.、Um, let's just jump into it. All right.、Uh, Chris, can you just give a quick、um, overview? Of what we have planned for today? Yeah, well, of course, we got to kick it off with the WWYD, what would you do? And then after that, we're just going to have a little bit of a chat with Decat here, get to know him a little bit.、Um, then we're going to be moving into our main topic.、Uh, well, actually, before that, 
pardon me, will be having a build lab on a special thief build that the cat is going to be telling us about. So that should be awesome. But after that, we're going to be getting into a main topic that I'm looking at as uh, experiments in the meta, where we'll talk about testing builds in Hero Realms, um, some of the conclusions drawn from that testing, and, and other tips from the cat's meow. Uh, after that, of course, we'll be doing our community roundup, which there's tons of awesome stuff firing off real soon as this is going on. Um, I also think we should take a quick minute to talk about some of the upcoming stuff that's going to be releasing. I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this already know, but we had level 14 announced, right guys? Yes, we did. Um, kind of. <laughs> right? Like that's, that's Whoa. big, right? Or it's kind of yeah, announced it's level whatever. Yeah, it's coming. It was on the stream uh, in the yep. coming weeks. It was mentioned yep. on a stream soon. Mm. Trademark <laughs> Kickstarter <laughs> promo pack one is confirmed, meaning that the visions granted by Nostra Double Damas were in fact real this whole time. <laughs> Never misses <laughs> perhaps, a mark. Yeah. No, I oh, guess no. not. The legend um, is true. Then, Perhaps the most exciting of all for the folks um, that are, you know, the the super hardcore Hero Realms players is the announcement of that beta server, right? Anybody want to give a quick recap of what that's all about? Matt, would you do the honors? The beta server. Okay. Well, from what I picked up on the stream that they mentioned it, uh, it is going to be a beta server for legendary backers, I believe. Uh, who will be allowed to test uh, upcoming builds of the game to help them squash bugs and identify problems and stuff, which is a great move for them. It's something we've been asking since beta to help kind of smooth out the process uh, because they've been... uh, Bugs have been discovered at various points, I guess would be an understatement. And um, in order to prevent that from happening with future releases of the game, they're going to do that for uh, legendary backers. So, uh, which should be fun. Now, the timeline uh, for this being released, I, I missed that. Did you guys catch when when the stuff is supposed to come down? No, nothing was included, and I have a suspicion that it'll be like totally separate from the level fourteen and the Kickstarter mm-hmm. promo pack release. Like, I think that part, the level 14 and new cards, is going to be coming within the next few weeks. So by the time you're listening to this, within the next couple weeks or so, hopefully we'll have those cards. But then the beta server, I have a feeling that'll be like a couple months or more down the road. We don't really have too much clarity on that. But one thing I wanted to add quickly was that in addition to playtesting for bugs and stuff, It'll actually be about like playtesting the the balance of a lot of the new cards, including the dungeons cards. We, um, the beta server players, will be <clears throat> playtesting those dungeons cards before they ever even go to print. Uh, so if you want to get in on all of that, you can actually now, if you back any of the Wise Wizard Games Kickstarters in the pledge manager that comes out, whether it's Star Realms or anything, you can add legendary backer for hero realms to your pledge manager and not even have to buy like star realms cards or anything like that so if you're listening to this and you think you want to get in on the ground floor of all that um by all means pledge manager it up and we'll catch you on the beta server once that exists key phrase being once that exists yeah don't (laughs) don't get your hopes up too quickly it's gonna be probably a while 
That said, the uh, uh, promo cards and level 14 uh, were mentioned to be weeks, not months away. Uh, but that was a couple weeks ago that that was said. So hopefully that means we're very close, but we shall see. Uh, anything else? Any other housekeeping to get to, guys, before we jump into what would you do? Okay, uh, let's trans- transition right into what would you do? What would you say you do here? All right, welcome to What Would You Do? Today we have a a game between uh, Jigmalingpa and Paul Solomon. It is uh, a thief versus wizard. What level is this at, Matt? Um, uh, it's level four. Level four. Level four. This is on turn three, and for our it's our turn, turn three. On turn one, we got a spark as the thief. Our opponent has picked up an influence. Uh, other than that, it's pretty much the uh, basic builds for both of these, and uh, I think our channel has been upgrade or their channel has been upgraded. It looks like and it is the skill that was upgraded here for the thief. Is that correct? It's not. You're not going the smooth heist first route. You're going yep. to upgrade the skill first. Okay. Yep. So we've played a couple of knives and we've got five gold. So you must have used your ability because you've played a ruby and two golds. And yet we have five. So use that last turn. You got the extra gold from it. And in the row, we have an orc grunt. We have a spark. We have cult priest, command, and bribe in the row. So this is interesting to me, uh, definitely. Also, in in the discard, I'll just say there is one spark bought already. Yes, I said that. Okay, sorry. If I missed it. <laughs> Sparks um, and wreck. <laughs> Sparks. And, and, and the, actually, that right there is the point that makes this a, a really interesting decision. Because normally I see this row. I see we have five gold and command is out there. And I am like, get command. Does not matter. But the fact that you're playing a thief, you have a spark, and there's another spark there. That makes it a tough decision. But... uh I mean, I'm just going to throw my opinion out there. I'm still going command. So uh, that's that's yeah. what I would have to do. So um, I will say I, I have not looked at the the Discord discussion to be able to share what that said. I'll, I'll leave that up to Chris or Matt to bring that up here in a minute. All right. Yeah, we'll do that after we hear from these guys. But first, let's, yep. let's go to our special guest. Alex, mm-hmm. what would you do in this situation? <clears throat> so... It's early enough in the game that you're not actually pushing for lethal anytime soon. And I think as as ridiculous as it sounds, because you do always want more discards as thief. Command, you just it's just so good. It's just so good, and you don't want a wizard having it. So mm-hmm. that's my vote. 
Well, and just just to add on to that, because we both agreed that that's the choice we would make. Like, you get your economy, you get that healing, and at level four, both of these things, getting them early, it's really going to have time to pay off. Whereas Without a doubt. Discard eh. is kind of eh. Yeah, you get that extra discard on the next shuffle and maybe even the shuffle after that. And so they're discarding an extra gold, but you're getting an extra two gold, plus it's replacing itself every turn from now for the rest of the game. It's just, I think it compounds way better than the spark Mm -hmm. does. I mean, for me, people can talk about deception being busted and this and that, but command is the best card in the game, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I put it up there too. Yeah. It, it's they're, they're situational. I, I don't know. It's I, it's know. The, I, I understand. No, yeah. no, no. no. But yeah, uh, command has the great floor. Deception has the higher ceiling, but without a doubt, they're same level. You know. So mm-hmm. um, I'd put Elven Gift maybe yeah. a little bit higher than Command just for cost performance. But yeah, Command is right maybe. up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, and for best card in the game, I mean, uh, Chris, what, what would you do in this situation? Okay, well, here's the deal, guys. I'm going to try to, just for uh, conversation's sake, try to make the case for Spark here. Because mm-hmm. while I'm with you, that, like, command's probably what I would do. Let's um, talk a little bit about why you might go that route. So, obviously, you got the Spark in the discard and the Spark on the row. So, you, you grab those. You got the two effects of it. You're on Thief. So, you're going to be stacking that up and really taxing the Wizard's development in the game. So, that's super appealing. Um, additionally, it's a lot of damage when you get factioning the green gang up, as we all know, wilds mm-hmm. are going to like really add up fast. And that factioning off the sparks can't be underestimated when you have one spark, it's three damage. When you have two, it's 10 damage. Last thing I'm going to pitch in there is the orc grunt. So if we can get like all in on green here and, you know, be drawing cards and dealing 10 damage, I know I'm, I'm selling the upside here. But um, <laughs> overall, <laughs> overall, I think there's a lot of potential to race this wizard down and maybe even yoink that command when we're in a situation where, like, that was kind of the only card they played of their turn because they had to discard two or three anyways. So um, that is the case that I think you could make for Spark. So- but it is you probably if you were to play this game out a bunch of times, you win fewer times taking the spark and the grunt, and then you do the command, if I had to guess. One thing to point out is uh, our opponent's next hand, we know what it is because they were player two, so they played five cards. They have their cat familiar, two gold, and the spell components. They can get that command next turn. Yep, it's a guarantee. Even even if you force them to discard, they can discard. discard, They get rid of the ignite. And they can get that command. So, yeah, yep. Sure. Yeah. Also, uh, just for argument's sake, um, whole lot easier to yoink a spark than a command. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Things true. have to line up a lot better to get that command. Yeah. Now, the reason I chose this as a what would you do is because it's one of the rare instances where you don't immediately grab spark as a thief, <laughs> right? right? Command is one of the few cards that actually uh, maybe trumps Spark in this situation. Now you could make a um, you could make a case for taking Spark, seeing what comes off next, maybe using your ability again. But as we said, even if you make the Wizard discard, they are getting Command next turn. And if you let a Wizard get Command, 
uh, on their before their first shuffle, you are asking for for major trouble. It doesn't uh, usually end well for you. And, and <laughs> w- one thing to say though, to also add another wrench into all of this, this is at level four. You have the ability that steals a card. So yes, they will buy this card next turn. It will go into their shuffle. They will play it at least once. You have a, They don't have robes. They don't have all the fancy level 12 tricks to keep that card from being something you could steal. So you could possibly steal it later. But you can also much easier steal that spark later too. It's higher risk, higher reward. So Yep. Yeah. And Spark is like one of the best cards to steal as, uh-huh. as Thief, right? Because it's cheap. Um, and again, at level four, the that Thief yeah. is, or sorry, that uh, Wizard isn't going to be going through their deck as quickly. Uh, it looks like they just have the single draw so far. Yeah, and no no robes or anything. So it's going to be really hard for them to protect that Spark if, if they uh-huh. end up getting it, which they probably will. Okay, I think we're all uh, kind of in agreement here. Um, I'll tell you what, I've got the Discord uh, ready here. I'll just read read how the community reacted to this WWD. For the voting, we had 13 people choose Spark. Three people chose uh, Correction, the, Matt. I'm uh, sorry, 13 sorry, people chose... Yeah. Command, sorry, yeah. Three people chose Spark. All right, so it was a 13 to 3 split <laughs> for, <laughs> for Command. Uh, two people chose uh, the Orc Grunt uh, first and then see what comes up. Now, the Orc Grunt and Spark are kind of the same because you can get both of those if you want, if you choose to go that route. Uh, but probably, I would say, if you did go that route, you'd want to go Spark see, first. See, in a situation like oh, yeah. that, if you go Spark first and you flip like an Elven Curse, you now still that's have money to story. buy it. Oh, yeah. Whereas like, if you buy Orc Grunt and then flip an Elven Curse, you're cursing yourself over <laughs> that's just called playing it wrong yeah, yeah. sequencing is important that's so important that, that's, that's why, why always... in situations like this if you're looking at buying those two cards you're usually going to want to buy the cheaper one first unless like you have six gold and you're going to buy command and spark well maybe you're going to be like i'll buy command i don't know what other one cost card you're going to want to get maybe if it's like death touch or something you might think about doing that over spark maybe even in that case though i'd still probably buy spark first even if i know i'm going to buy command because you never know i mean you you know didn't someone write an article on that on realms rising on like turn order purchase order Uh, was it turn order that it was part of purchase order that kind of stuff maybe i don't know it was as free scroll of turn order yes Uh, oh okay yeah uh anyways uh going a little bit deeper into the discord here I'll just read a few um, comments. Daily23 chimed in and said, take the command away, and then heist the spark. And so kind of echoing what we said, Logan Stewart also chimes in and said he would do the same. Uh, Game Freak also says command. Uh, Dark Later also said command. <laughs> uh, another spark and orc grunt would be nice, but the command is a great card for the wizard. And as others mentioned, you can steal. Uh, spark pretty easily. Um, User Cafe said he would check what the top card of the market deck is. I'm aiming at smooth heisting the thug, but it depends on the top card. 
Um, I think that's the next WWYD actually. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, so there was only there was only a few comments. I this think you don't gener- have boots and you can't smooth heist. I don't know. What you're <laughs> I was, I was really that. trying to figure that one out. Well, unless you take the spark and that's how you look at the top deck. But yeah, okay. anyways. Yeah, there yeah but there is no. Yeah, then yeah. you could. Sure. Yeah. Also, it's also a wizard. I mean, I think the point of this, what would you do is that like, there is a right answer and it's not spark. And that's what makes it interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because usually if you see a spark that early in the game is thief, you're going to snatch it up. This is one of those situations where I'm playing really fast and I just buy that spark. And then I'm like, well, I wouldn't because every time I see command, I'm looking at that command and nothing else. Oh, don't even play. As as a thief, I see that spark. I can see making that quick decision, and then you're like, "Oh shit, what do I do now?" Well, I guess I'll get that orc grunt or whatever. But like, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's a good yeah, it's a good mental exercise to go through on when not to buy a spark with thief. And this is probably one of the few situations uh, where it happens because most of the time you're definitely buying that spark. And I think the really good point that that I you were saying from discord is like spark is a really great card to steal as a thief in this situation. Like they they'll make you discard one on a turn and you don't really care. And then you just steal it. You're on your next turn and you you've got it. And now you've got like three discards with your skill and both of those sparks. Like you're looking good. Yeah. And unless the, um, the wizard bottom decks it, that next uh, turn, you're probably you might even get it before the next shuffle. I mean, there's a probably a bow over a fifty percent chance you're going to get it right. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I'm not a mathematician, but so don't quote me on that. But all right, uh, I think we're good on the. Yep. What would you do for this week? Are, any final thoughts on this, guys? Or, I think we're ready to roll. Let's keep it rolling. Keep the train a rolling, guys, and head into part three of this episode where we are going to catch up with the cat getting to know Alex Rogers. All right. So today we have our special guest, Alex Rogers. The cat says meow. Uh, I'm sure Pretty much everybody listening to the podcast knows who's the, who this man is in the community. He dominates events. In fact, has what an HRPC played yourself in the finals, like pretty much every event, right? So <laughs> there's special rules. The Alex Rogers rule for joust, you know, like yep. like very top competitor. But uh, I think for here, we'd like to get to know not just your game theory and how you play and make decisions in the game, but to, to learn a little bit about you as a person as well, like in real life, not just in the community. So uh, why don't you share a little bit about yourself here? Well, uh, short version is that I'm happily married uh, to Sarah, my wife of five years. I am a chiropractor and business owner. Uh, I've owned my own business for almost 10 years now, uh, a chiropractic office, which we fully transitioned into a full-on wellness practice two years ago. So myself, massage therapist, nutritionist, functional medicine specialist, 
really, and I'm trying to expand every single year into every possible realm of wellness possible. Um, I'm not anti-medicine, so hear me there. I think everything has a time and a place, but um, I do think that we take for granted our own bodies and how powerful it is. And so that's ultimately what our practice is built upon is doing everything we can to get out of our own way so that our body can be its powerful self and start to heal, start to function like it's supposed to. So um, I also love playing video games, as most of you know, Uh, but (laughs) because of trying to run a business, I play very, I play games I can play in short bursts like one minute at a time. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, I don't like to talk about myself a whole lot. I like to talk about my job, my wife and video games. So, Oh, I have a new puppy. That is exciting. Uh, I've, 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 yeah, fur babies. Uh, I've got actually my favorite kitten, which y'all on the podcast can see right now. This is my favorite kitten. Her name is Clementine. She is first little girl and i love her so much um we're actually uh fostering to probably own my sister-in-law's cat stevie and we just got a new mini golden doodle her (laughs) name is maple and she is as sweet as maple syrup she's precious and i love her (laughs) four and a half month old puppy keeps me up and takes all of my energy and i love her Awesome. We we love animals here on Sparks and Crack. All animals, especially cats, especially dogs. (laughs) For me, I'm I'm actually allergic to cats. I I don't hate cats, but I'm allergic to them. So, Alex, why don't you talk a little bit? How did you find Hero Realms? What brought you to the game? Why do you like it? Mm. Why are you so damn good at? That's a great question. (laughs) So, well, the last one, I don't know. Um, No, uh, so again, I've loved games my whole life. And we, uh, when I was in college, broke as anything, one of my friends said, hey, we want to go to Boston and go to this uh, video game conference called PAX East. I didn't know what this thing was, whatever. Um, But sure, we scrapped together whatever extra cash we had and bought spirit tickets and went. And it was the greatest weekend of my life. And while we were there trying every new video game possible, we stumbled into the tabletop area where Wise Wizard had their own little setup. And I was curious. I liked, you know, I like card games. You know, I played uh, a lot of the you know, Pokemon and Magic and uh, played Yu-Gi-Oh for longer than I want to admit. And then, you know, I was like, oh, deck builder. This is new. I'll try this. Sure, whatever. And fell in love. I really did. Uh, first game, literally, literally, up until recently, the only non-hero game I've ever played in my entire life was that very first one. Um, I bought the entire pack on the spot, including the heroes. So literally, again, never played without heroes after that first game. Um, and that was kind of the beginning. And then I got busy opening a business and put it down and didn't play it for five years until I saw this weird Kickstarter announcement that hero realms was doing a digital. And I decided, you know what? I remember how much I loved, <clears throat> loved this game and picked it back up. And here we are. Had you yeah. ever played a deck builder before like dominion or Ascension or anything like that? Nope. This was my first one. Okay. I've tried, I've tried other sense. 
Yeah, okay. uh, that's not true. I, like I said, I, I did try Star Realms one random time, uh, not in person, but the digital app, and I couldn't do sure. it. So, um, but other than that, and like I said, I've, I've done others since, and they're fine. They're good. Um, this one just is different in a way just that I can't explain. Different. <laughs> it does. That's why we love it. Yeah. And so then you you found the Kickstarter. Uh, I, we all did, obviously. <clears throat> I remember it too. I was so happy to hear that that because I remember playing the card game and just thinking, oh, this would be an amazing app to play like I, I hope they re- I hope they do it and they did um, so take us to um, you came in kind of part way through the beta if memory serves correctly because mm-hmm. I, I remember well you, why don't you walk us into it how did you when did you join the beta how did you start uh, interacting with the community etc so I joined right like day one um, but I didn't join the community until okay. a month maybe two in something like that. I don't, I, I think I went to go ask a question on wise wizards discord and was scrolling through some stuff and saw either the realms rising website posted or a link to the discord. And in my experience, the best discords of any major game are not the main ones. Like it's always some other like fan site that people who care way too much about a game are all (laughs) volunteering their time to run and Uh doing podcasts and whatever. Uh. (laughs) And so I said, you know what? I'm going to click on it and see what happens. And here I am. Yeah. And I remember, I I remember it was the, uh, was it the first or second season of the Tavern Brawl? Because that's when I first remember coming across your path. <laughs> Do you remember, Alex? It was it the first or second season? I want to say it was. I, I would say because I, I I was a uh, I volunteered you, to be brought not brought my oh what is it called uh oh my god daredevil what, what you're a daredevil, daredevil. there you go too. yeah Captain's no, no I, I volunteered to be a daredevil <laughs> I I dare, volunteered to do be a daredevil season one. And uh, okay. because there was, you know, five of us that had signed up and we needed one of us to be a daredevil. I was like, eh, whatever, I don't care. And so I was the inadvertent daredevil for season one. There was no drafting, obviously. It was just mm-hmm. whoever yeah, was okay. there. Yeah, I was literally, we were literally the last team. So, um, and then season two, I made them, I love my best friend. I do. Um, <laughs> he's not great at the game. And so I drafted him anyways in round two. And uh, pay for it, um, but it was fun. It was a great time. It really was. It was, uh, awesome. and I would say so. I would say to answer your question, Matt, end of season one ish, I would say is whenever we started connecting and I started communicating with the Discord people a whole lot more. I think being a Daredevil really pushed me to not just play the game but actually participate in the community. Yeah. I remember your cleric in that first season of Tavern Brawl just destroying everybody. And that's when you kind of started turning heads on the Discord. We were like, who's this, who's this DeCatz's guy with this, with the, with the cleric? Cause you were just slaying people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you had like a, you had a ridiculous uh, record after, after that first Tavern Brawl. Was that, that the owl game. says who? It was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The owl says that, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Back in the days of season one of Tavern Brawl. Uh, all right. Well, that's a pretty good kind of uh, intro to Alex here. Are, are there any points we're missing that you want to talk about? Either you can uh, um, talk about your business a little bit more or any other interests you have or. No, you know, I would just say that, like I said before, ultimately, this is a passion of mine and I love what I do, but health as weird as it sounds is I would like to think that I'm good at this game, but more importantly, I would like to think I spend even more energy on trying to make people healthy. So if I'm going to make a point here, um, it's spend more time on your body, like be healthier. You will appreciate it in the long run. More importantly, your body will appreciate it in the long run. So if you don't hear anything I say for the rest of the podcast, drink more water, because your body needs it. And I don't know, be healthy, do the right things. Don't go watch a YouTube video. It's not hard to be healthy. You just got to care. So aside from drinking water, what's one tip you can give for people to be healthier? Uh, don't move too much, but move enough. People sit way too much in today's world. I'm um, and, and there's a, you don't go run, don't go run a marathon every day. Like, don't go do it. You know, I I, I see the people who come into my office quite literally every day who tried to murder themselves every weekend. And in from a physical stance, you know, they try to do 16 Spartan races over the weekend. I don't know. Anyways, um, Spartan races, for those who don't know, are these ridiculous 5Ks or half marathons that are you're running hurdles and climbing cliffs and trying to swing over these things. You're doing ridiculous things while you're running a 5K. It's a lot of fun. They're great to do one time in your life, but you murder your body in the process. So, And then I get to clean it up afterward. <laughs> um, which some people pay me for it. So, hey, why am I complaining? It's fine. Um, but, but no, it's uh, all that to say... I get to see the results of a stagnant lifestyle, a sedentary lifestyle. And uh, I'm dying a little every single day that more and more people quit moving. Like the old mantra of if you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. You know, people lose the ability to walk because they don't walk. So walk. Great advice. That's really good. Um, all right, I think we've sufficiently learned about Alex Rogers. Uh, maybe we can shift into the next phase of the episode today where we are going to talk about a special build, the Boots Thief, that Alex kind of helped bring into the, uh, the scene through his own experimentation. So up next, we will hit the Build Lab. Why should you build such a thing? Okay, so here we are in the build lab. Uh, as I mentioned before, um, the boots thief—they're uh, they're officially called the shadow boots. Uh, I hope I'm getting that right. Um, is a it's actually silent boots what is the shadow is there shadow something in this game shadow or? mask shadow, shadow mask, mask. Okay. at yeah. least that, at it's least the it's other upgrade the there 
Yeah, yeah. at least it was for the thief. Okay, so that was close. It's the dark side. <laughs> it, it it's it never ceases to amaze me how I can fail to remember the names of cards of a game I've played probably twenty thousand times at, at at this point. But here we are. Uh, anyways, as I mentioned before, the boots thief was kind of. Um, the boots, the silent boots themselves, weren't really regarded as a viable uh, thief option earlier in the beta. Uh, many people just didn't play it. And then right. Alex came along and showed us that it indeed is viable. Tim, you were about to say something. What, I remember a number of people like that I would see it and people would be playing it or whatever, but n- not n- nobody really played it well. <laughs> and and had a build that 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 ha- could perform really well with it until Alex started doing it is how I remember it anyway. Yep, and basically me too. Double dives. What, what's your recollection of this? Well, I think something else we need to mention to set the stage here a little bit is that the silent boots didn't originally function as they do in the app now, right? Like they didn't. Um let you sacrifice the top card isn't that right does anybody else remember didn't they modify how it works yeah so that was actually why i wanted to start experimenting with boots thief was because it it was pretty well regarded as hot garbage and because (laughs) it was and then they decided to put this weird modifier on it where rather than just you could look at it and buy it, now all of a sudden you could look at it and sacrifice it. Small change, seemingly insignificant, but it, it really made what was a pile of garbage not just viable, but potentially really good. And so that was why I started playing with it, and it worked out. All right, now this think- is... That's, hold on, sorry. Double Dubs. Yeah, yeah no, go keep going. But th- I want to pick your brain here because this is kind of uh, at the heart of the boots thief. Why did that sacrifice mechanic really open things up for the thief? In uh, your opinion, one word: control. Um, and I know that's whatever. It's a it's it's a word in the English language, but um, it's how I like to play games. It, aggro is really fun. It's, it's a lot of fun to beat someone's face in before they know what happens. But there's something rewarding about being able to completely take away the opponent's ability to play the game or their advantages or whatever. And so anytime that's an option, like I'm a control guy at heart. It's not that I can't play other play styles. I, I would like to think that I can, but control is very much how I enjoy playing most games. And that was whenever I saw that, I went, Ooh, all of a sudden I get to control what goes into the market. Not just I can buy something off the top for cheap, but now I can look at the top card and then decide whether or not that card is able to be bought by my opponent. And it just opened up a whole entire different realm of possibilities for this deck. Pun intended. And that's actually kind of at the heart of the Boots Thief play, I think. And we'll, and we'll get into details about that. Sorry, Double D, for cutting you off there. Why don't you continue with your, your line? It was just a small point. I just wanted to like kind of point out that um, it was because it was trash that you know they made this change. 
that I think people wrote it off, basically. You know, like people didn't really give it another try in spite of it being, uh, you know, updated and tweaked a little bit. So, well, and, and here's if I'd like to throw in a point here, this is where in every game in existence, not just this one, sometimes it is the smallest, weirdest change that makes cards viable. And so I've played enough card games in the past, mostly digital, where you see this weird, like, one point of damage change or one weird word change that makes you go, hmm, why would they do that until you get to play with it? And so that's why whenever I saw this one word change that I went, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Glad that you did, because I ended up uh, totally loving the build as well. I also tend towards a control play style in games and like, you know, in Magic, which you talked about before, I would always try to, like, win by not losing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can, if you don't lose, you're going to win. And you can kind of do the same thing in Hero Realms sometimes. And I think if there's ever going to be a build that does it, it's going to be the the Boots Thief build, for sure. Do you want to talk? A or Soul bit? Cleric. No, for sure. It's my favorite. Or Soul Cleric. Yeah, for Soul sure. Soul Cleric is another fun one. Um, all right, so we've kind of gotten some of the uh, background on the genesis of how the boots thief arrived in the meta, but let's talk in detail about the actual build. All right. So wh- what's your favorite way to build the boots thief, Alex? You, you want the original boots thief or the one that I'm playing in the current meta? Why don't you talk about both? Talk about how you started and then what you currently think is the best. Okay. So the original one, uh, first off smooth heist, Right, like it, for all intents and purposes, it's what built Thief. It was the only reason Thief was viable for so long, because it's just it's it's really good. Near broken, like the only reason that's not broken is because it's not always consistent. Right, like you can have that game where no three cost cards show up in the market. You're Everything else is some weird array of four to seven that doesn't really make sense for you to buy. And so like now all of a sudden you're in your third shuffle and you haven't really been able to use Smooth Heist and you've lost. So that's the only time Smooth Heist screws you. But other than that, it's great. Like 90% of the time. So start with that. Boots, obviously, because, well, I was trying to prove the world wrong that it could be viable. And then... Um, I chose lift originally because I felt like if you're going to control, you want to live as long as possible to control. Seems logical, right? Um, and the next thing I went to was the knife belt upgrade because sacrifice dagger in theory works and it can work, but it requires so much brain power and so much work and a little bit of luck. Whereas knife belt is just more consistent across the board. It's the, I'll, you'll, you'll hear me use this phrase of consistent versus high risk, high reward. Knife belt is your consistent across the board. It's going to work. It's going to give you the best return for your investment. Um, and then usually most everybody else, Oh, sorry. Uh, King throwing knife just because it's better than Garot, just because yeah. it is. I mean, it's two damage increase versus sometimes a four damage increase, 
maybe, unless somebody, unless your opponent doesn't ever buy non-guards or they just buy actions, then it's completely useless. So anyways, uh, yeah, keen throwing knives, just better for a billion reasons. Um, I think more and consistent then, uh, again, basically. The yeah, key throwing sure. knife is more consistent again. And, yeah. 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 And even if your opponent buys the non guards, you have to draw that card when they're out. That when way. it's on the board. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, unguarded. <laughs> assuming yeah. you can get to the guards. To yeah. Because you can't hit the unguarded card through the guarded card. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, um, and then the last one would be Jeweler's Loop. And here was also, can I throw this out there, that this was an unpopular pick prior to Boots Thief being a thing. Like, uh, everybody picked Blackjack, well, frankly, because it's better with Mask, like a billion times better with Mask. Um, But I thought, well, Blackjack is only weirdly useful without Mask. Like, you Mm -hmm. take Mask out of the equation, and it's 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 fine. It's one damage added to your deck, but that's it. And the the fringe scenario where the expendability to expend a guard, or sorry, the exhaust no expendability Expend. to exhaust a guard. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's whatever um, is useful. So jeweler's loop potentially gives you an extra two gold every single shuffle. shuffle. That adds up, you know, or sorry, an extra one gold every shuffle. Anyways, um, that was the original build. And again, it was all about controlling the game for as long as humanly possible, trying to take every advantage in the market. Can you talk a little bit about um, Pilfer versus hit points on the build just to round it fully out? Yeah, um, I was going to get to that later, but we'll go ahead and go there now. Oh. Um, no, it's it's a. Uh, I like hit points on the build more consistently. So pilfer, if you have like, let's theoretically say you have the perfect chance to build your deck against your opponent, and you know that you're not playing against aggro, grab pilfer. 10 times out of 10. You can use it for the extra economy. You can use it to combo with jeweler's loop. There's a, there's a lot of reasons you'd grab it, but you, if you're trying to just rank up, you don't know that you're going to not play against aggro. And so if you're playing with lift and you're really good at piloting, piloting the deck, then you can grab pilfer and it's fine. But if you're not like if you're new at the game or you're just new to the build, grab the extra HP for the safety. Like you're going to it's going to save you more often than not. Yeah. One thing I want to throw out there with Pilfer real quick that I've been experimenting with a little bit more. I used to always just like fire it off in deck one usually. But um, I think really hold out Mm -hmm. on using your Pilfer. I think you, there's really no good reason to use it until you actually like need it or have a reason. You should have a good reason when you use Pilfer, just like you do when you use any of your abilities. So, and I would actually say it it depends. Um, because <laughs> if you're going to... You know, uh, I know. Um, if you're looking... If you're playing a slower deck more often than not, you're better off 
throwing pilfer at least before your first shuffle. Like you might not do it turn one, but turn two, just because it puts more economy into your next shuffle. So if you know you're playing cleric or you know you're playing another thief or a slower playing wizard, then absolutely. But if you're playing a fighter or a ranger, you're probably going to want to save that for either the right purchase with Jeweler's Luke or for the extra three damage to kill a champion that's on the board, mm. you know? So um, that's the two biggest scenarios where I'd say you have to make a decision. There's like a bunch of fringe ones in between there, but yeah. I think if you get a great smooth heist, it can uh, essentially water down your deck. And that could be a reason why you wouldn't use it in deck one either. So that when you get into deck two, you're like not hitting the um, the fire gem because you don't really need it. Yeah, that's interesting because I always automatically do it right away. Like without even thinking, I do it my first turn. I, see, I always <laughs> just take the hit points because... I don't know. Hit points. Hit points are great. (laughs) You honestly, you're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Now it it makes that thief a little heftier for sure. But I I like playing it with the, um, with the pilfer and with the jeweler's loop. I mean, it just helps set up getting a good, that's the thing double D. I think having that extra fire gem that you can snatch with the loop gives you a better chance at hitting a smooth heist. That's so there should be it. there should be an extra line at the bottom of Jeweler's Loop that says can be converted into a fire gem for two gold because there's so many times that literally there's a could be lethal but you know there's a a champion on the board that you don't have the damage for oh wait you have two gold and a and a Jeweler's Loop so now magically you have three gold in hand because you can buy that fire gem bring it to your hand with the jeweler's loop, put it on the, put it back on the field. And then now you've got your two gold back and you have three damage. damage. So yeah. okay. it's literally free. It's free. Three damage is what it is, yeah. but, but that's true. not, yeah, it, it, it's, it's so versatile. Um, if it wasn't the, for the fact that blackjack just works so well with mask, I, there's an argument for loop in mask two, just because it's such a powerful card, but blackjack is just stupidly good with mask. So the synergy is off the charts. Yeah. It's, it's just nuts. It really is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So just to kind of um, recap what you said here. So your most recent or what you the way you play the thief now is, is it any yeah. different from what you just mentioned? It, it is. It, same same base deck choices so keen throwing knife knife belt and jeweler's loop instead of running lift um i've actually swapped to distracted exchange and here's the weird one (laughs) Uh, don't play smooth heist anymore with this with this with every with every other every other thief build is still smooth heist this is the one that i play masterful heist and here's why that's the steal uh, from opponent one, right? It is. So it, it, it is it is more high risk, high reward. But the only opponent you are, it, it, it is a basically a guaranteed loss against Ranger. So like I, I pretty much, if I think I might be playing a Ranger, I don't play this build. It, it's, it's just bad. Like it's just really bad against Ranger. 
but against all four other classes, I'm I'm probably going to win with it. So that's kind of how I decide whether or not I'm going to play this build is just in the various tournament setups. You know, some of them, you know what you're going to play. And so that if I'm not uh, also, if it's a wizard wizards that are really smart can cycle through their deck enough that you can never masterful heist them. Mm-hmm. So like wizards pretty, pretty rough too. Um, yeah. But, I love seeing a masterful if, heist thieves as, as yeah. wizard. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're climbing through the ranks though, you'll probably be fine. But yeah. in a tournament setup, if you know you're going to play a wizard that knows what they're doing, don't play this. Yeah. It's just not going to work out. So, Interesting stuff. Now, with the distracted exchange, you said you still use the uh, the pilfer. Is that correct? So you don't take the health upgrade and you're using distracted? No, I, I sorry. I do take the health, health upgrade. Okay. All right. That makes yeah. sense. I, yeah. I, I I have come to a similar conclusion with with boots. Uh, my favorite boots build is distracted exchange mm. and the hit points upgrade. with the health upgrade also, Tim. Interesting. I might have to build one of those because my it, my boots thief is the lift. Uh-huh. Um, with so the so, uh, so, so so the extra economy from the distracted exchange that you get makes you need the 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 pilfer and the jeweler's loop and that sort of stuff less mm-hmm. so i've i've kind of built mm-hmm. it away from that stuff and yeah, that's yeah. my natural play style is to go that sort of way so mm. it works pretty i will well. tell you that lift uh, according to my stats cuz i love love my uh-huh. statistics <laughs> um lift does perform way better than distracted exchange does against rangers so Oh yeah. There's that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, the ranger problem is a problem. And, and I would say it's yeah. like an aggro fighter, it's gonna you're gonna have an easier time winning that with lift. So in and here's and here's where you know masterful really kind of shines. It sounds weird. Mm-hmm. Um that makes you don't, sense to me. You don't need lift for when you've yeah. got when you run uh masterful heist. Yeah. Because the moment they buy that elven curse, which you just it always it. happens, Gu- you like guaranteed ten times out of ten, if you buy an elven gift out of the market, an elven curse is going to drop for that aggro fighter. It's going to happen, <laughs> or or an intimidation, one of the two. You know what I mean? And so here's the good news: they get to use it one time, and then you unless it. they're stupid lucky, and then you steal it right from them. Yeah. So. Yeah, because they then, have yes, no way they to get that. that. Yeah, exactly. Like they don't have the ability to cycle through to do whatever. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, could you get unlucky and they, yeah. you know, shuffle like use it and shuffle it in three times in a row? Yeah, it could happen. But you were going to lose that game anyways. Like luck wasn't on your side, right? So. Right. Yeah, which happens in this game, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you would still say you got to spam your skill in that matchup, though, right? Like maybe it becomes even more important to spam distracted exchange in that matchup. Um, yes. The, it, so I have a rule: if I am playing anything that's a ranger or an aggro fighter, I am allowed one turn where I don't use it. And y- y'all heard me use this phrase: "Don't get cute." <laughs> yeah. Y- y- you see, you see that domination. 
It's it looks so good. Man, it looks so good. Don't buy it. Don't do it. Yeah. It's your second. T- you know what I mean? Like it's you've already used your one time that you didn't use distracted exchange. It, yeah. it you think you you will convince your time seven times out of ten. It's going to be fine. I'm going to get healing later. It's just fine. No, you won't because they're going to kill you before you draw it. <laughs> so um, it, it, it's that is a it's a discipline. And I will tell, I would like to tell you that I survive and I, you know, I'm that good that I never fail prey to that mantra, but I do. Yeah. It, yeah. I actually lost a, a fighter mirror earlier this week because I could buy domination and it was, I was three turns away from victory, bottom deck, the domination and lost because of it. I would Where's have won if I had, yeah, scale? if I had just used my ability. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So, I mean, it was just, it was ranking up. So it wasn't like a tournament yeah. or anything, but it, sure. yeah, it was, it was still one of those moments where I was like, you know, what? at least it's not a tournament. I'd- so I want to get a quick point in here. I know, you know, a lot of people will be surprised about the, the smooth heist and masterful heist here and, and go on that route and said, one thing we haven't mentioned yet that's tacked onto the masterful heist is that ability to steal something five cost or less off the road. Uh-huh. Um, oh, okay. Not to be yeah. underestimated. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Alex? So here's one of the cool things about <clears throat> boots with masterful is that, in, it, it actually happens more often than you would think it does, where if you're paying attention, you can set up the ability to not buy something right now. Because let's say you've got five gold or uh, you've got four gold and you look at a command, right? Well, you could theoretically buy that command off of boots. Like you just saw it. It was revealed. You could buy it right now. Or... You could buy an intimidation, let the command drop, and use distracted exchange. Well, that guarantees that your opponent cannot buy that command next turn. Now you can steal a spark from them and take the command next turn and win the game. And that so, and, and you get the and you get that command for free because you just stole a spark for one gold and you get a five cost card. Not only that, you got the intimidation, you got the yeah. spark, and you got the command yeah. for 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 all intents and purposes the same amount of money and five extra health. So, it, it I I think masterful heist is I've I've started to come around a little bit on it that it that it's better than I think. It's just not as consistent. Don't play it <laughs> drunk. Very, it, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, well, and smooth heist works. It's not really matchup dependent. It's always good, right? right and right. masterful heist peaks and valleys depending on, on who you're. It does. Up it it is the yeah. higher risk, higher reward, without a doubt. But yeah. you can control if you can can control that higher risk and higher reward. God, that's hard to say. Um, <laughs> it's worth it. And that, and that's so like that's again. I like stats and I like control. And so if you can control your risks and rewards, then it's great. But if it's just there in the universe, then it's not worth it. Yeah, it's very much uh, if you're playing a control style game here with a boots thief. Masterful Heist is just another control tool. 
because as one of the one of the weaknesses of like the boots thief is early game your opponent can get a really good card from the market before you have a chance to kind of control things as well and so here's your chance to steal that from them and keep that out of their deck and then you're kind of keeping the market to cards they can't afford keeping it full of just junk cards that they don't want to buy however you're doing this boots thief thing you know so it's just another control element for that build yeah yeah this is great stuff guys I, I I think in a shadow mask build, I'm not thinking about like masterful heist really, but I think with boots, it's something that I would think about. Yeah, it's convincing. I'm I'm going to make up a masterful heist boots thief now for sure. Do it. After this oh discussion. yeah. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about distracted exchange and using it on turn one. How do you feel about this, Alex? Ooh. <laughs> it is the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> but sometimes it's the right decision. Mm-hmm. When? When is it? Oh, the right decision. when you when you have the two gold and you don't need it for something, <laughs> and you could use <laughs> no, it. No, your you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. it's That's like the there's best. nothing. No, okay. Here, here, here's an example. We all love domination. Right or, or command. Command. We were talking so much about it earlier. You can guarantee that you can buy command next turn. You can't buy it now. It's turn one, mm-hmm. right? Turn one, you have three gold. Right. Or, or like two gold and a dagger. Let's say two gold and a dagger. And you can guarantee that you can buy command next turn. Mm-hmm. If you use distracted exchange, you waste the five health. It feels like garbage, but you're playing a fighter. The odds of them being able to buy command off of that first turn with a discard, stupid low. It's, I mean, it's possible, but nearly impossible. That's the right decision. and, And honestly, even if it's not a fighter with a lot of classes, them having six gold to be able to discard a gold, or whatever else that they need to be able to see yeah, an arrow or an ignite or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think these are all good. Uh, the way I I've looked at it in the past is especially if there's two really nice cards on the, on the row, um, you're basically guaranteed to get at least one of them. Um, if you use that DE early <laughs> so, because your, your opponent has to discard a starting card, right? They have no options. So you're definitely going to get that gold. There's situations where it works, and that's why I wanted to ask about it. Um, well, also, I wanted to – I meant to bring this up earlier, but I kind of forgot because you mentioned two nice cards on the row. Um, when you're running Boots Thief, you, you should – if like, let's say you're having to choose between two amazing cards. Always choose the one that's not a draw, assuming you're running Masterful Heist. Because any – if you're run, Hold on. If your opponent draws, buys the card that has the draw, the chances of you being able to heist it later are lower. Okay, so, wait, so let me make sure you, you yeah, want to buy a the recap draw. on that. You don't yeah, want your you, opponent to get the draw. Correct, because 
they can, with a multitude of different opportunities in whether it's through mask or through whatever deck, whatever deck manipulation exists, that extra draw lowers the chance that you will be able to, that it will get buried in their discard for you to be able to heist it later. So it's easier to steal a wolf form than it is to steal a command. Just to that put is the much more eloquent than what I was trying to say. Yes. <laughs> okay. The less draw your opponent gets, the better. This is yeah. why we keep yeah. the dubs around. He, he can there you go. Stuff like that. <laughs> um, awesome. no, it's, but that's that's what that's what, you know. If you're going to choose between command or deception and wolf form, as terrible as it feels to leave a wolf form in the market for your mm. you know mirror match thief to buy it's the right decision because you can heist that a lot easier than you can a command. Yeah. That's well, good advice. Well, the one thing with like a wolf form, if I'm playing against a thief that has heist is I'm going to use it once and I'm going to make them discard and not get that card. <laughs> that's a good point too. You wouldn't not, not risk always, the wolf but form. like that, that's a, if they're going to heist it from me, I'm going to get that discard out of it and it's gets played once. I, you know, can, I think I'm in the minority here on that one. Just I'm gonna because I don't to, want to see him use it against me. I I, I mean, here here's the thing. If but then because in the digital version, we get the luxury of being able to see our opponent's potential hand. Yeah. So if I know like they're gonna have eight gold available, one hundred percent of the time, you're right. That is the right decision. But if I feel like there is a reasonable chance that you know that they after won't have the gold, yeah, exactly. That they're not gonna. I'm gonna risk that chance. But. Yeah. As y'all, if, if you've heard my uh, Realms Rising podcast with Androger, uh I'm a high risk, high reward player. Like that's typically, <laughs> I, I'm going to gamble. Like if, if the odds are in my favor, I'm making it happen. So, no risk, but no reward. I, I want to spend a little bit of time getting Alex's thoughts on piloting the boots thief, specifically how you're using the boots. So. Yep. What are some kind of guidelines, or just give us some stratagem for how for how you pilot with the boots as a focus? Early game, every decision you make. So, thief is thief. Like that's it's pretty generic. If you read <laughs> read the article that I've written on basic boots thief and the second article that I'll eventually write on, on boots thief, hopefully <laughs> by the time this podcast comes out, but maybe not, who knows um, on, you know, spe- specific builds. Um, but effectively you want, your goal as thief is to c- control your opponent enough through discard to be able to gain an advantage that you can eventually whittle them down to zero life points. With boots, there's an extra layer to that because it's not just control them via discard, it's control them via their purchases in the market. And so every decision you make has to be catered toward what might my opponent buy next turn? What do they have the potential to buy next turn? If you can buy something off the top of the market to make your deck better, that's all fine and well. But if there is an equally good card in the market that you can buy away from your opponent 
and you can sacrifice that equally good card off the top of the market, sometimes that is the best decision. It feels so terrible sacrificing a command, but if you can buy a deception off the market and potentially drop something like a death cultist or a tithe priest in its place, that is the right decision. So those are those fringe weird decisions that make Boots Boots Thief so successful if you pilot it right. Mm -hmm. Good. So prioritizing, getting that market locked down. And when I say Mm -hmm. locked down, you want to have a bunch of bad options for your opponent. Hot garbage. The whole entire thing is a dumpster fire. That's what you want by like turn 10. Right. Now, the games that I love to see when I'm playing against a Boots Thief are the one are the markets that start out with a bunch of great cards in the in the market mm-hmm. row because yep. that means it's going to take a while for mm-hmm. the thief to get the market into that state that they want. Mm-hmm. So, so with, with that in mind, how do you play? What, what do you what do you do when you see a, a, a really nice juicy market row at the start of the game? Awesome Good question, team. Jig. I can't wait to hear what he says here. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it, the answer is the deck stacked in your opponent's favor and you have to outplay them and you have, well, you have to hope, hope for some luck and you have, you're not allowed a wrong decision. Like at this point in time. So I talk about risk a lot at that point in time, your risk, you, you have to risk everything because it's already against you. Right. And if you lose, you're already probably going to lose because everything in the market looks great. And so your opponent is going to get two great cards unless their draws are terrible. So risk it all. You know what I mean? Like if there is any fringe scenario where like if there's a 30 percent chance that this is going to work, go for it because you're going to lose anyways. So um, that's the whole entire premise of thief is controlling the market and so mm-hmm. you want to buy early economy if everything's great uh, unless again if it's like an agrifighter or something then you want to control the market y- you can have an amazing market but everything be a five be above five gold and the fighter can never afford anything because they only ever draw four <laughs> gold at a time mm-hmm. no it, 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 it that, it's funny but it's yeah, real it's like true. That is the like, woes, right? I don't there. know how many times I've like stared at a command the entire <laughs> game as an aggro fighter and never drawn more than four gold. Mm-hmm. Ever. So like that's kind of your goal is you have to know your opponent more than you know yourself as yeah. a boots as a boots thief. Yeah. Um and that's one of the so, reasons why it's so hard to master boots thief. Because you yeah. have to have and we've talked about this before, you have to have this knowledge of the game, right? It's not just playing, piloting the the boots thief. You're actually using your knowledge of the market, matchups, your opponent, and putting everything together into that boots strategy, which yeah. is why it's one of the hardest uh, yeah. builds to master. We're, we're on episode 18. I think we've said something about this at least like 15 episodes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> now, so, uh, so again, I'm going to stand by. You need to know what your opponent is trying to do more than what you're trying to do as Boots Thief. So Mm -hmm. as an aggro fighter, you want to control damage cards out of the market. As if you're against a wizard, you want to control healing and draw out of the market. If you're against 
cleric, you want to control sacrifice out of the market. Mm-hmm. If you're against the mirror, just I'll buy them, you know, with sacrifice and discards and just be better. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, and I then, would throw in quick that I think this build is a super mirror breaker. Wouldn't you agree with that, Alex? That like oh, you feel yeah. pretty good going up against smooth heist thief on this one. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So who was who it? Was it, was it rucksack? Who was it? Like there was someone that made this argument early on that, Masterful heist was maybe yeah um, that it it was better in the mirror, and uh, I have to admit this was this was the this was one of those discussions. Actually, I think okay. So in order, uh, I think I got whooped like murdered by (laughs) rucksack, and I don't know if it was a tournament or if it was just in the. If in ranking up, right. I don't remember where it happened, but I saw him running a very similar, if not the exact same build to what I run now in some form or fashion against my thief and got destroyed, not once, but like three times, four times in a row. And I was like, all right, there's something to this. Like, this isn't luck at this point in time. Like, this is a real thing. And so I started investigating it. I would actually say that this particular boots thief setup and i and i actually i'm not looking at the stats right now i would argue that it probably wins 70 percent of the time 65 at least you know mm-hmm. even against smooth heist and whatever pick whatever setup you want i think it's better so yeah yeah i mean there's something to be said i know we're not talking about the boots anymore but the mask thief if they get you know a couple of good early two or three coster cards are going to probably run away with it but aside from that, yeah, you're, you're not. Uh, one thing I want to uh, talk about is the smooth heist because this connects to what we were talking earlier about. Um, the one thing I'll say about the smooth, and you've really, uh, you're really persuasive with the masterful heist talk here. I'm not trying to discount that, but one of the benefits of the smooth heist is it can actually help you with those juicy row setups. You have it because you can get two cards off of the row. Oh. Um, no, hear me. Smooth heist is still one of my favorite like skills in the entire game. Mm-hmm. And I, so I am because we are content creators, we are gifted with some extra character slots. Mm-hmm. Um, I have four thieves. Three of them run smooth heist. So one of them runs masterful. Okay. So yeah. it, it is still the better. It, it, it is still the better skill. There is one frame, like one particular scenario where I like masterful. So, and you like, and you like using it in a more controlled situation where you know what yeah. your matchup is and everything. Exactly. If I'm ranking up, I mean, don't get me wrong. This particular boots thief is diamond. Like I've done it. I've done the thing. <laughs> but I got lucky and you know managed to dodge a bunch of rangers along the way, and mm-hmm. it was fine. So. Because there's stupidly a dumb amount of clerics in the ranks right now that I don't understand, but we'll get there, I'm sure, at some point because in time. Pe- people love the breastplate for some oh, reason. It's so just whatever. fun. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to level an aggro cleric right now and beating my forehead against a wall. It's the dumbest thing ever. And I'm winning like 40% of the time. That's a different story, but whatever. Well, okay. Um, 
Uh, we, we're we're going to have to wrap up this build. Now, this is easily the longest build lab we've ever had. Uh, but it is the boot thief, and we have Alex with us. So, I mean, that's natural. I, I was thinking like 20 minutes ago, we needed to wrap stuff up so we could get to the main topic. And I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. No, neither am I, because this is awesome. This is also one of the great conversations we've had. Yeah. Yep. Uh, great stuff. But we do need to keep moving on for our own sanity and sleep time. So, uh, let's move in to the main focus. Alrighty, and on the main segment today, we are discussing experimentations in the meta, as well as just getting in some other general questions that we didn't ask earlier to Alex here. so, you know, obviously you've championed some super innovative builds, the Soul Cleric, which you didn't really get a ton into that yet, but, um, you know, that certainly swept during the health cap era, and I think that you had a lot to do with that. The Boots Thief is another one, and then, you know, the the adjustment to that, to being the Masterful Heist Thief. So uh, I think just the first thing to get it kicked off here a little bit, what would you say is your testing process when trying a new build? A lot of reps. Okay. But not all, not, so I, I don't, I don't know a better way to say that other than you need time. And thankfully, not in the last few weeks of my life, but prior to that, I've had enough time to be able to dig in and just queue up a lot of games and practice with a lot of things. Some things work, some things don't. And as you, it's a trial and error process. And the even in the things that don't work, you learn a lot about a class, about a card, about an ability um how it might work even when it didn't if that makes sense right like if even though it didn't work in this game what would be the circumstances in a different game where i could see it having uh some success so when you say reps a little bit there there's two kind of things i'd like to delve into a little bit you did mention queuing up a lot of games so first would you say that when you're testing you're running through the queue mostly or are you doing challenges and then as a second part what would you say um you know what what is an idea of number of reps before you start feeling okay about drawing some conclusions yeah so those are that's a lot of questions um the first of which (laughs) is uh yes i do mostly queuing up in the general rank to start if i can get a build to get what i would call like above 70 percent in in the general queue that's when i'll tag in some of you uh it might be you know it depends on what i'm who yeah it depends on what i'm testing and what i think i'm weakest against so, like, I'll tag in all of you or some other people as well um, to try and focus on what I think what I'm building is weakest against. Mm-hmm. 
and I'll say, hey, send me this challenge or I'll send you this challenge. I want to try this five games, ten games, and see if it's as good as I think it is. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. And so that's like there's no reason to waste all of your time in my mind of a billion challenges if something's not good. But if I can get through the general queue at above 70%, that is where I go, okay, now this requires further testing. It's like the second trial of a drug, let's say. You know what I mean? It's, it's, It's past its first trial. Now we're going into the second trial. Now you all have to vet it and prove that it's good enough. You know, so, so so basically the process is kind of like, I'm going to just see how this does in general against a ton of random people. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Random classes, all that matchup. And then I want to see how, once I think this is in an all right space, how does this do against really good players? So not yeah. just like, like, oh yeah, I can, I have a, I have an 80% win percentage with my four, one Ranger. But if you're not playing against the strongest players, is that any good? Like that sort of idea, basically. Exactly. Yes. Plus, you can test out specific builds you wanna mm-hmm. you wanna test it against too, right? Yeah, I only do that whenever I'm you know I know what I'm about to focus in another tournament, and then I'll tag in one of you fun <laughs> folks <laughs> to help me practice. Okay. I love that. I think that's super insightful because basically you're starting out broad. And then once you find out like, okay, I have some more questions I need to answer here. You take it a little more in uh, more focused. And then it sounds like just to kind of put a number on things, you're willing to draw conclusions somewhere between five to 10 games. Once you get to that second trial period, does that sound about right to you? No, of course. Absolutely. And so most of the time, it comes down to what I expect to happen. Um, And there are a lot of times I'll create a build and then I'll go into the general queue and I'll play. You asked me how many games my general frame of reference is I want to play at least 20 games to get an idea. 50 is about yeah. In public queue. 20 to 50 is about is my, is my comfort zone. Like once I'm once once I've hit fifty games, that's when I'm like, I've got a really good idea now. You know? Um hundred is in my mind the perfect number, but I don't have time for that. <laughs> um so got fifty it. is my like that's my if I have if I actually have time, fifty is fine. Um and so there's a lot of times I'll hit the general queue and I'll look at the data on Hero Helper. Thank you all for creating that. Tim, Sam, all the other wonderful people that have gone to a part of that. You are wonderful. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, All that to say, like, sometimes the data doesn't make sense. Like, I look at it and I go, like, I've created created a new, this hasn't happened, but a new aggro fighter that's 160% against Cleric. (laughs) <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah. By the way. But that's that's an example. Then I'll go to anyone and say play cleric. Quite literally anyone. This someone I trust. Play cleric against me and then I'm going to lose and I'm going to win 
10% of the time. Does that make sense though? Like that's yeah, the, yeah. that's the reality check. Right. Um, yeah. It's yeah. the phase two. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's that's the phase great. two. And so, and, and a lot of times it'll be like, I'll go through the general queue and you know, I don't, I don't need someone to test all five classes, but there's this one data point that doesn't make sense to me. That's the data point that I need to be tested. Awesome. I think that's super insightful on the testing process. Any other questions about the testing process from you guys before we do a kind of rounding of the bases on the different classes? Okay. So I think the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, you've, you've done these experimental builds. Uh, where are you at on breastplate versus helm? What did you discover in your testing there? So, When I play Breastplate, I think it's the better class. It feels better. But if I look at the data, <laughs> Soul Helm is still better. And I can't figure out if it's just because it's old and it's not as, as not as exciting. Then that's not that's not flock, that's not steel, that is soul that is the solar coaster. 100% the original build. The OG cleric. It's still the best. You still, it is still the hardest to pilot. You still have to know what you're doing. Um, there, there is a breastplate flock weird build that I found that performs really close, but it still doesn't perform as well. But it's more fun. For me right now, because it's new, you know? So it right. is new. What's the build that you're talking about with the flock? Uh, well, okay, so the... Because that's what uh, I run, the, too, flock and, and yeah. breastplate for my breastplate cleric. So veteran the follower? Current, veteran follower and, and camera. Yeah, so the current flock build that stands up to testing currently, and, and believe me, I'm not saying this is the best one. My time has been split. Uh, but I've got flock, breastplate, divine resurrect, minor resurrect as the level 12 upgrade. I've got veteran follower and bright star shield and helm, uh, sorry, uh, hammer of light. That's, that's what I've got as the build that I currently have that runs almost as good as the old school solar coaster cleric and soul cleric just for the listeners at home is um soul uh bless or bless of soul i guess it's called and uh runos candle what, what what's your what's your building yeah it's a bless of soul phoenix helm divine resurrect Minor Resurrect, Ever Burning Candle, Ruinos, and Hammer of Light. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The OG yeah. build. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's so that was the when I was digging through and writing my original cleric article, that was the one that it had the best results. Not always the most fun. It's weird because it doesn't feel great. Sometimes you're just souling to soul. You're just healing. <laughs> you're, as cleric said, or as, uh, as Chris said, you're, you're 
doing your best to not lose. And eventually you'll win. So you end up winning. <laughs> yeah. Right? You don't lose, like, you win. You're not it's losing. Great. <laughs> the whole game, you're not losing until you win. And it's like, I won. Hooray. <laughs> okay. So I think that's some great insight on Cleric there. Um, let's take it over to the fighter. I know earlier we talked a little bit about like pauldrons versus helm. Uh, oh, man, what what sort of things thing. did you discover in your uh, fighter testing? So I'm still in the middle of fighter testing. Like as we speak right now, I'm, I'm trying to get aggro fighter up to prove one that it's possible in a cleric meta, which is stupid because cleric is it awful. Is very hard. <laughs> I, can someone explain to me why cleric is the worst build in the game right now? And yet everyone's running it. It's it's. I I, I wish I could. I wish I had the stats it's, up right now. It's, it's like thirty percent of my games. It's the breastplate, man. I see all these breastplate clerics because people want to see how high they can get those champions' defense. I I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still winning like forty percent of them, but come on. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Um, what I would it's tell you play wizard is, right now for that exact reason, by the it way, it is no hundred percent. Absolutely. We'll get to that though. Um, but no, focusing on the point, I like pauldrons in one scenario alone when you're going full aggro and you, that means that you're running shoulder crush, spiked pauldrons, devastating blow, Hand scythe, jagged spear, and sharpening stone, and help. And okay. the the reason I'm saying that is because of one reason: consistency. When you want to be as aggressive as humanly possible, sure, you might edge out one or two extra damage with that helm. But mm-hmm. when you're looking at the throwing axe. Quite literally, that is the only card in this entire build that matters when it comes to consistency, is you need that seven damage. You cannot get that if you miss with Helm and you draw your Jagged Spear or your Shoulder Crush. or That four damage is the magical number. Four plus two is six. You need one more. If you miss with Helm, you don't make it. Guess what? Um, Pauldrons gives you it every time. Gives you that one more. So you see where I'm going with that. So if you're not running aggro, Helm is better in every other scenario. If you're going anything slower than full-on mega aggro, play Helm. I I think think because I've tested this 500 different times in different metas and all this and that and i think it's it's really a good point that that the pauldrons are if you want the consistency you want that that aggro that doesn't falter you you go with the the pauldrons but the the higher ceiling of the helm has the potential to be more aggro that makes sense oh for sure yeah until it doesn't yeah, and when it misses and you have that four and you don't draw with your axe and you don't have your devastating blow to use it, then you're kind of like, oh, well, crap. 
yeah. the wheels can kind of come off. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's great stuff on the fighter. We talked a lot about Thief already. Was there anything else you wanted to sneak in about your experiments with Thief? Ultimately, you like boots more than mask or um, anything like that? Any quick thoughts on the Thief? Yeah, so we talked a whole lot about boots, but we didn't talk really about mask at all. Um, mm-hmm. I love mask. Like, I, I know that that sounds weird because I pioneered the boots, but like, I really like mask a lot. Um, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> That's why it's really good. Like it really is. Um, and it's pretty easy a, to pilot compared. It is. Right? And, and so mm-hmm. here's the weird part. Like if you, I think I like lift boots or sorry. I think I like lift mask more than I do distracted exchange mask mm-hmm. just because Ranger's so powerful right now like maybe when they nerf ranger distracted exchange i actually think might be the meta by the way like i think that might be it if if they ever nerf boots distracted exchange mask like a, it might be the overpowered build um, cause the only reason it's not great is because of mega aggro uh-huh. fighter, which isn't successful right now because of well, anything that heals and two because of ranger. And so, yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's why I like to run lift mask and it's good. Even without the extra one gold from distracted exchange, it's still really good. Um, just the consistency of being, uh, no, you're screwed by the market occasionally that happens, but I'm all the time. It's, it's a little weaker on economy, but you're still a thief and you have great economy anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Great point. Yeah. You're, you're starting in the a minus B plus game with economy, (laughs) you know, it's not, it's not terrible spot to start. So. So we're kind of on the subject of Ranger already, so I'll move to that unless anyone has something else they want to say. But um, Ranger solved, right? Like, I mean, isn't it? Or or did you do any experimenting there that you have some thoughts on? Why? 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 Experiment <laughs> with yeah, what is already perfect. Ranger. Yeah. Uh, snakes, Okay. It's honestly, if you if you made Snake to where Pet Snake, where it was stun and draw, okay, oh, that's way too good. <laughs> I, what, <laughs> but even the then, it's situational. Yeah, but even but exactly, even then, it's situational. Yeah. Right now, why would you choose it? Quite literally, why would you choose it? So the the only other the only other argument you have mm-hmm. is what add health. Right, rather than make it one health, make it like three health. Right. Maybe, yeah. you know, like then I could see it. But at one health, why? Why would you choose it? There's no point, um, unless you're going to nerf quiver, which they obviously won't do because we've recommended that for what six months and nobody's yeah. cared. So, um, <laughs> that's a different story. Um, <laughs> The, 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 so the, I will tell you the one thing I wish I had time to do is I wish I had, I wish I had the time 
to try out 1-4 Ranger. People have sweared success by it. I just I just haven't done it yet. I, you know? So I haven't really played that, but from what uh like I've I've heard from like double dubs and a couple other people that I know that have tried it out and played it, it's just a whole different way to play Ranger because you're 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 setting up your next turn instead of doing it all right now, which is kind of the three two and four three ranger. It's a, yep. just a different way to play it. I don't. I don't know. I don't see it okay. being as good. But well, it's yeah, not you're doing good. a lot more of. If stuff it was as good, where... we'd all be playing it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun as a changeup, but it's not as powerful. And you're doing a lot of stuff where you're like, I'm going to discard my gold and leave this bow and this arrow for next turn, and then draw into whatever the best card out of those four cards is, type deal. But um, we won't get too much into that. For the record, quick, though, by the way, you're on 4-3 as being better than 3-2. Is that right, Alex? Oh, sorry. Uh, so, again, we mentioned this a billion times. The consistent one is 4-3. I do think that the higher risk, high reward is 3-2. Okay, can you expand on that for just like a little bit? What what makes yeah, it better? I mean, there's something about it costing one gold that just makes it potentially so much better. Like you can buy the earlier cards, you can mm-hmm. get the better draws, but if you go to track and you don't get that arrow to discard for <laughs> your quiver, yeah. but you would have gotten that arrow if it was the two mm-hmm. gold track that was pick up four and discard three. It's the difference in the game right there. Turn one. Right. You missed it. But like, you see what I'm saying? Like it's higher risk, higher reward. Yes, absolutely. It has the potential to be so much better because it only costs one gold, but you could also miss the one card you needed. I, I, I find the, the difference between three, two and four, three with the Ranger one of the one of the best like inner class balances that wise wizard does in this game like that each choice is viable and they're so close to each other yeah and it and and it's just which which of the situations is it like oh i'm one short on the my gold to track so i don't get a track this turn because it costs 2 Whereas if I had the one, I'd have been able to track. Or is it the situation you were just talking about where if I had that one more card, I could have then discarded an arrow and gotten it with my quiver and all of this. Like, that's a great balance with those two skills. So can I share an experience here Mm -hmm. to express how I feel about (laughs) it? So uh, if we look at data, right? The HRPC, the Hero Realms Mm -hmm. Premier Premier Circuit. Yeah. The Herpsy. Uh, my ranger did well enough that it won was it was it the first one or the second one i won the second one so it must have been the first you won the second one so i i won the first one with my ranger it was the third two i got everything went right everything went right guess what it didn't go right the next what two tournaments something like that that was actually when I realized, like, okay, it's it's RNG. And I got lucky the first time around. Then I swapped to the 4-3. 
And then guess what? It started winning more often again. So it not that when always like the last one, it didn't win. You know, I got RNG still happens. I didn't play well, whatever, fill in the blank. But it got more consistent after I realized that it was all just luck. It's you know? usually better in the in the mirror too. Uh, it is. I, would say. I, I will say too, I think the three, two just requires a little more finesse to play. It's a little more fun for me to play. Whereas the four, three is just kind of like this, the steamroller that uh, there's not a lot of choices uh, or there's choices, but they're actually pretty obvious. But all right, guys, come on, let's stop talking about the Ranger. We're giving the, Ranger <laughs> I know that was more than I thought we could into. Uh, We'll do a quick run through on the wizard. Uh, surprisingly, somehow, I feel like we haven't talked about the wizard very much on this cast. Uh, any any thoughts about what yeah, wizard you, you, you got, like right now? You got 30 now, seconds oh for God. the wizard. Otherwise, Matt Why? can go on for an hour. Why? Just, I'll, I'll, 30 I'll seconds. Stay quiet. Dude, I, it was okay, a joke. So I'm, it was a joke. I was going to say, I know I'm not the wizard guy. I could talk for like 15 minutes about I the wizard. I love the wizard, man. I love oh the wizard. No. Oh, so... I hate the shizzard, as it's wonderfully called. <laughs> you, I do. You like the, you like the gizzard? <laughs> sure, that's, that's better. The, that's the pure robes yeah. wizard. That's my nickname after Jigma sure. wizard. wizard. Um, <laughs> it's one of those things that... What, what is the best comparison there? I should have done this in the, the pre-notes to figure this out. What is something that you hate... It always works. Deodorant. <laughs> well, it's revealing comment. No, no, health guy. The aluminum deodorant. It's it's terrible for your body, but it always does its job. Aluminum's not great for your body, but it always does its job in terms of absorbing sweat. If you don't know that aluminum's terrible for your body, go look it up on the internet. There you have it. So there you go. <laughs> um, anyways, all that to say. No, but uh, no, I, I enjoy playing robes better, like ten times mm-hmm. out of ten. Yeah, it's not even but close. I think that when you're looking at general Q, when you're looking at across the board. The Serene Wizard with the gloves is just more consistent. Yeah. Right? Would everybody agree with me? I it, would. It, it just, it's just not fun to play. It's, and it's, it's, it's fine. Don't get me started. It, 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 it's, not fun, it's, not, it's not fun for the way we like to play it. Yeah. Plenty of people can have fun with it. Yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, you, you know. I know what you're saying. I'm just throwing that out there for the listeners that disagree. <laughs> yeah. My take is just that like the wizard uh, can really customize its build based off the matchup. And I really like that about it. You know, we've talked a lot about like the queue and if you're like going in blind and stuff like that, but if you know your matchup um, and you can change your build based off of what the matchup will be, I think the wizard can be great. Cause you can start using pure and robes instead mm-hmm. of the, the shizzard. For sure. So I, I've actually, especially in the 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 Thandar Combat League uh, T, uh, TCL, yeah, I, I 
I've started doing more robes wizard with Serene. Because I feel like if you're not, if you get lucky enough to not queue against Ranger, because everything's blind, it actually performs better. Even yeah, against yeah. Spider. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the first character I got to platinum after the public release was the rogues serene. I mean, don't get me wrong. You still need serene, which is stupid, <laughs> but that's a balancing problem. But I think it's the more fun of the two to play and the more consistent. If you're not playing Ranger, if you don't need that extra healing, the versatility of the robes is amazing. So amazing. And it's so much more fun to play. It is, yep. in my opinion. Yes. And, and, and we're talking, what, 3% win percentage? You know? Yeah. Like, something really small that is the difference between you enjoying the game you're playing and not enjoying the game you're you playing. You know what? You, you talked <laughs> talking about TCL. I've been... I've been using my pure robes wizard in TCL and do it. I've gotten kind of lucky in that it, it hasn't yes, matched but... up against the Rangers. So, you know, like, or really, I haven't seen too many fighters in that either. So. The pure robes so, wizard can do well. I mean, you can, can do be so Rangers good. sometimes. You can when you be take, Rangers sometimes. When you take out that, that super aggro game against it, that's such a great build. If you get multiple taxations in the market, you win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or command. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah. command. Or or recruit. Or yeah, whatever. Or rally. Anything with you healing, healing, really. You need <laughs> healing. Yeah. No, but but I'll while I think this is accurate. I don't think I've lost to a pure robes wizard in TCL. That doesn't stand to reason that it's not phenomenal when the opportunities arise mm -hmm. but that's just because you haven't played me there that's fine. Th there's that but you know get to firebomb and we'll talk oh yeah. matt's is. not I'll... even playing in tc <laughs> alex i just have one question for you what yeah, is your favorite class and build to pilot that's not fair man oh that's so not fair you just have to, gun to your head, it's you have to not give. it's not for like vacation spots it's, <laughs> no. right now um, right now what's your favorite build class the new boots thief we talked about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it, just because it's the hot thing, you know, it's a new thing. Um, if we're talking about the OG, it's the solar coaster. Those are your two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and uh, listen, the, sol the solar coaster is not great. It's not. <laughs> but it's better if you know how to pilot it. It's better than everyone gives it credit for. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I like it. it. I, I like to play it. It's fun. Yeah, there is something about like, oh, you thought you got me? No, you didn't. I'm back well, to full health. And, and, and it's, a, it's a very versatile cleric build because yeah. you're not as champion de dependent yeah. to make it work. Totally, and that's well, you why can play like a wizard play. the whole time. I know it's great. I know. That's why I like to play. That, that that's <laughs> why. why it, yeah. All right, guys. I think we. I mean, we could keep going. And what we're Alex, you're coming back at some point and we will continue discussions in many directions. I mean, we could talk about I mean we could just talk about the wizard with you probably for ninety minutes alone. But oh we're doing very I would love though. to do that. 
invite yeah, him. Or Varric. Varric That's well. fine. Anything. I don't care. We're also going to have to get your five-coster rant, too, in the future. We'll, yes. we'll come back to that later. But, um, but that's fine. We'll leave stuff for the future. Um, and anyways, this is a great main focus. So many doors opened and so many doors left to open in the future. Uh, but we got to wrap it up because we got to try to keep this under four hours. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move it on into um, Glimpse of the Future with Nostra Double Damas. Alrighty, here we go. Greetings, it is I, Nostra Double Damas, a wizard with glimpses of the future of Thandar. Stay a while and listen. Uh, today we're going to be looking at four champions out of the Kickstarter promo set. You can see all of these in the card gallery. If you type in Hero Realms card gallery and organize by set, you'll be able to check them out. And we're also going to create channels in the Discord where you can discuss the individual cards. With that said, let's hop into the cards. Oh. Nostra Double Damas has told me about Bjorn the Centurion. Okay, so this is a five-cost champion. It is a guard of four, and it has a modal ability, which means we have two choices. We get either a three damage added to our combat for the turn, or we can put a Legionnaire token into play. And this token, I believe, is a two-guard that has one damage and of course this is of the imperial faction so um basically we can either go wide and have uh you know some extra champions that this provides for us and it can go it can get a lot of it stays out turn after turn or if we can prepare it and use it more than once in a turn um or we can go kind of tall and get that extra damage so i like that about the card Right away, you know, this is screaming cleric to me for sure. Um, maybe a wizard would like it because it can get quite a lot of defense out there. Um, and you're already interested in Imperials as a wizard. Uh, overall, this isn't seeming to strike me as super high on the power level, but I'm very curious how this so, token mechanic would play out. So I one can see cool that really thing about rolling. like the Legionnaire token, or there's another card in the set that's like similar, um, is... It, it comes into play like on your on your into play for you but when it would get defeated it doesn't go into your deck it goes back to the token pile so it doesn't take up any space in your deck so really okay cool yeah. <laughs> and there's five tokens right now i don't think there's a limit i would imagine yeah oh in the I digital well, no, well obviously yeah. in the physical version there's a right limit i think there were like the, the a number one. of them in the set but i don't i don't I thought there was five, know. but yeah, I, I wonder. Yeah, that would be interesting because if you could, I mean, it's probably going to be hard to get more than five out. But uh, what do you guys think about this? W grade it from A to F. What what grade would you give it? Chris, you go first. I'm going to go. I'm going to go C because I don't think it's going to be very good. I'm not sure, though. I, I could be really wrong on that, but I'm going to stick my stake in C. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I'm sticking with C. It's fine, you know. Ultimately, the it's a cool thing that could potentially happen, but how often is it really going to happen? 
where you it's, create a bunch of tokens. So yeah, C C is fine. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not it's not a terrible card to buy. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at it going yeah. into tides priest garbage. It's better, it's better than a shots <laughs> you know, fired. But it but but it costs yeah, five. I mean, That's but, why I would give it. I think I would give it a yeah, C plus. Yeah. Because it costs five. If mm. it costs okay. less, it would be much better. Yeah, I'm gonna give it sure. a C minus just to be a little different Ooh. from you guys. And for me, it's the Ooh. cost. It's the cost. It, it seems like it, this should be yeah. a four cost. It seems like it should be a four cost card, but so so here here's the the difference. There is is this a C minus because you're comparing it to like a command, which right. is like an A plus 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 well, plus plus. You, you look at. You look. I mean, you can't compare everything to command because everything's going to gonna be a C minus. Well, here's the thing, but you're going to compare everything Com- to command, like regardless of whether you should command, or not. Like you're going deception, to. Deception, wolf form, name some other five cost cards, like this is, shouldn't be, this shouldn't yeah, be a five wolf. cost card. Uh, okay, so this is a rant. I'd rather I have Darien War Mage for four yeah. Eight, yeah. than this. Even if yeah, Bjorn cost wrong. four, no, I, get it. I would yeah. still rather have Darien War Mage than this. But. Because the the potential to yep. heal on top of the already four health. No, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Bjorn kind of sucks. Moving yeah, on. Uh, Alex, fine. did you have a, a quick rant coming in that costumes. I heard, maybe? Oh, we could talk save, about... Save it for the main uh, It was just about five costers. That we already talked about. Okay, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Over to uh, Matt to preview the next card, I believe. All right. I have Droga. Droga. The Guild Enforcer. He's a champion slash human rogue. He is a three-cost guild card. Uh, he is a champion, a, a just a normal champion, so a non-guard champion with three health. Uh, and Droga offers you two choices. Either one gold, or you can stun a target champion that's been damaged this turn. Okay, so um, this card is this card is even worse than Bjorn. Mm. Let me let me start <laughs> off with that. Uh, the artwork is great. I mean, it's, got it, it's called amazing Drogo, artwork. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, mean, I see um, it. I mean, he looks like a badass. Unfortunately, so, his card. So here's here's one blows. thing where this being digital makes a difference in this card because I don't know how they're going to implement. Mm, this. Yes, that's <laughs> your turn sequencing is really going to matter because you as can, far you as can, like you in, in the how physical you spend game, you can spend one damage to you know damage Arcus for one. And then you stun it with this, which would make it really good, right? Yep. Got it. Okay, so Droga is going to be um, interesting because, uh, like Tim was saying, it's going to be hard to implement it into the digital app because currently you can't choose how much damage you do to a champion. You either kill it or you don't, or sorry, you stun it or you don't. The, the only cards that do like damage to a champion without like taking it out are like the Garrote or the Hand Scythe and stuff like that. Right. And that's done automatically for you. You don't choose it. But Tim, you had a good work around this. Maybe the for the digital app, they just changed the wording to say pay one damage to stun uh, a champion of, of your choice. Right. Yeah. Which 
It'd be pretty good. Now, actually, the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm starting to like Droga. I apologize for my uh, um, disparaging comments on him earlier. I still don't think he's great, but um, I'm trying to think. It's not often that you don't get any damage at all on a turn, right? So even if you just get one damage, you're basically guaranteed to stun something. So I, I guess maybe it is, it's better than I originally thought. Um, What's the grade? The grade. Shoot. All right. Now, this could be one of the things where I give it a low grade and then I'm looking like an asshole later for, for undervaluing it. So I'm going to overvalue it a little bit. Now, I gave... Now, see, I'm going back. I said he's even worse than Bjorn. And I gave Bjorn a C-. minus. Fart. All right. I'm going to give Droga a... Shit. I'm going to give him a B-. minus. Oh. Okay. <laughs> wow. So I think it's better than Bjorn. I changed my mind. I I think it's slightly better than Bjorn. Yeah. Um, In the right situations. I think it's very situational. So what would you give it to him? I think I'd give it the same grade as Bjorn. In the right situations, this card is amazing. In the other situations, this card's absolute crap. This, this is like a, a tithe priest or a street thug in many situations. Yeah, yeah. If you're playing an opponent that has a lot of, you know, high defense guards or something, this card's going to look awesome. You know, yeah. so, so I'd probably give it the same grade. I'd give it a C plus. Okay. Chris, how about you? I'll go see. Uh, yeah. For a lot of the reasons that have been said and, you know, very curious to stay tuned on how this one will be digitally implemented. Yeah. Alex, what do you think about Droga? Yeah, so Matt, I know you're uh, an, an educator. I'm fluctuating between a D plus and a C minus on this one, so I'm not sure <laughs> where to go. I, I'm on the lower end, and here's why: it's it's a more situation. It, it is a higher risk, higher reward street thug, and we mm-hmm. all know how we feel about street thug because you, <laughs> you got the one the gold. Game. Yeah, you know, you got the one gold and that matches up. That's, you know, three, it, it costs three gold to buy and it has one gold as an option. It, it has less health than Street Thug, not a guard, still just a regular champion. And you have a situational stun that requires you to have damage from somewhere else. So late game, it could be really good. But early game, this is a pile of garbage. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm actually. I'm gonna go D plus. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay. Yeah, the D in Droga. Yeah, is I mean, D+. like, I, I think if you're like on turn t- like thirty, this is probably fine. Yeah, you know, it's gonna work well. But I'm and, not buying this turn one. And, and, or, and being and, a non-guard, he will hide behind your guards late game and stuff too. So that that's yeah, a benefit of so, the, yeah. I, but this is one of those weird cards that game card gets better. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it gets better the longer the game goes. Yeah, and that's where my kind of grade came in. I think like his upper end is a B minus for you know B B. Yeah, B-. yeah. Okay. his lower end. You is gave a B+. us the ceiling. Yeah. All right. Okay, let's keep him rolling. Um, Alex, you're up next. And Galak the Vile, also known as Evil Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> got to check the art one on this one, folks. It's great. Yeah, no, you got to look at the artwork to understand that one. But um, all right, yeah. so 
This is a Necros card. Costs three gold. It is a champion that does one damage. You may sacrifice a card in your hand or discard pile. If you do, it gains an additional one. It has two health and is not a guard. It is just a normal champion. Wow. I like this card. I do. Yeah. Um, like a lot. It, it, it's... <laughs> But okay, so again, control player. I like cleric. I like thief. I like things that slow the game down. I like thinning out the deck. I'm not saying this is the greatest card ever, but you know, you two health isn't a lot. But honestly, whenever you're getting to lower, you know, early game, a lot of times it determines on whether or not uh, your opponent has the damage or they don't. You know, maybe, you know, this is something you buy turn one and then the next shuffle, your opponent draws all gold and it actually gets to stick for a turn. Or you hide it behind, you're playing cleric, you're running steel, you hide it behind a couple followers. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you get two, three, maybe four turns of a sacrifice where you wouldn't have otherwise had it. So it's situational. It is. Um, I'm gonna give it like a B, B minus, somewhere around there. It's mm. not, again not great, not the greatest card in the world, but I like it better than everything else we've seen so far. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, a, a really good point with this one, like as a cleric, I love this card. It, you're it, not gonna buy this as like an aggro really fighter, well. though, right? Right. right. And yeah. um, I mean, if I'm playing a cleric, I'll buy it as an aggro. Yeah, player. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but. but at the three cost price point, like this is a baby Krithos, you know, like mm-hmm. it does a third of the damage, but it costs, you know, less than half as much and has way less defense. So, that's oh, I was actually, good. I was comparing it to, uh, okay, what's the six cost? That's Liz, a guard. Liz Burger. Liz. Yeah. Yeah, Liz. <laughs> it's, it's half yeah. of Liz. It's quite yeah. literally a baby Liz. But, but it's not a guard. They're not a guard. Yeah, that, okay, that's the difference. Right. That's why I said Krithos. Uh, I see what you're saying. Okay, <laughs> so, but, but regardless, they're all the same idea. It's just yeah, the yeah, numbers yeah. on it. What's your grade, um, Tim? Uh, at the price point of three, I think I would give this a B. Yeah, we're in the same same spot. I'm on the B train as well. I think all the analysis so far has been spot on. Nothing too much to add there. One little bit of conversation I'd like to chip in. Um, the rot is better, right, guys? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's more damage, so. right? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's okay. It dep- maybe it as a cleric, on... I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's maybe. cleric. Maybe for maybe cleric is an A plus card. This is like an, a solid A. Maybe not A plus, but it's an A card for the cleric. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you're if you're, <clears throat> if you're playing soul, probably not so much. But if you're playing yeah. steel, this is you a legit card. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Or the, uh, what's, what's steel, the one? steel clerics love a Lock. sacrifice that you can hide behind a guard. Yeah. So, what, wait, what's the middle one again? Flock. 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 It's great too. I think. I think it'd be fine with flock. Yeah, it's yeah. fine with flock. Flock. Um, just it's it's the middle ground of everything. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's Switzerland. For a <laughs> Chris, sorry, Chris, did you give it a, a score? I'm going B. Yeah, I'm B? solid there. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say I'll give it a. I'll give it a B plus mainly yeah. because a three cost 
champion that sacrifices is just awesome uh, in a lot of different situations, yeah. not just for Because <laughs> I mean, that doesn't I mean, exist, right? No, it doesn't. No, no. that's what I thought. Yeah. And, the, and, like, not even in dungeons or anything, right? Like, there's nothing. Right. Oh, no, there is one. There's like a there's two cost imp, in dungeons. Imp, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. Which is way, which um, is even better than this. I, I mean, I mean, I mean the, the the damage is nothing with this card. This is all no. about the sacrifice. Yes. Yeah, really. exactly. That's why I'll give it a, I mean, a three cost sacrificing champion is awesome. So I'll give it a B plus if you're a cleric A. And, and now, now I'm imagining <clears throat> you've got Varric and you're pulling this card back oh and oh gosh, this card can be really <laughs> good. Awesome. The, we it, have a whole podcast the, this, the on The ceiling Varric. on this can be insane. Dude, well, that's, we, we should do a whole podcast on Varric. We should start yeah, a new podcast. It. Listen, Abs will you and back for that? Like, please? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. How about oh. next time we have you on, we'll, we'll, we'll do a Varric <laughs> episode. We'll have a whole podcast on Varric. There you go. Okay. All right. Let's hear about this uh, last one, Tim. This last card has some uh, uh, some abs on it. So, uh, why well, yes, Not it does. Varric abs. I mean, it's Not close. But, I mean, no. Droga had abs, too. So, uh, this is Ooh. card number two in the yeah. day for abs. And <laughs> this is Bloodfang. It's a five-cost uh, wild champion. It has It is a five-defense non-guard. And it gives you two gold, or you can discard a card to gain six damage. Which is a mechanic that uh, is not in the game yet. But I love that mechanic. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, I really like this card. I'm I'm trying to decide whether Gallic or this is better, and I'm not sure. Hmm. the The five cost makes it a little. Uh, I'm not sure, but it is five defense, which is a decent, decent amount. Would you and rather have this could... or what? What's the other five cost? Green uh, champion. Dire Wolf. Dire Wolf. Would you rather have this or Dire Wolf, Tim? I mean, it's going to depend on what my what my deck looks in like. In a vacuum. I know. In a vacuum. In, in a vacuum, I, early game, I think I would rather have this. For the econ. For the econ. So the I was actually that, looking at... The fact at that it's either damage or econ is what I really like about this. What's the... It's not Garak. What is the six cost wild champion? Kron the Berserker. Kron, yeah. there you go. It might it might be better than Kron. Mm. So hear me. Uh, it's pretty six similar damage. to Kron, yeah. except that you like, have to discard a card to get the damage. You, you have to discard a card to get one more damage. Uh-huh. But you can also have two gold without discarding a card. Yeah. So, like, that's what I love about this. This might be the best out of the four. I think so. I think it is. Once again, I get the best card because they put (laughs) the best cards in wild. And when we color card our notes, my color is green, so I get the wild card. So I exactly. I don't know. I'm Galak. I might like Galak a little bit better, but it's close. It's close. It really. It's tough. I think this. This is. Oh gosh. I mean, Galak with a cleric. Certain situations is going to be insanely good. I think this card is going to be better overall. 
when you don't hit those ideal situations. This card's going to be just way better. Yeah. The All fact right, so that you can get two economy or you can discard one of those golds you don't need and get six damage for it is like insanely good. Yeah, it's awesome. And five five health is good. And five defense. And it's a non-guard, so same things for all the non-guards. It it'll hide behind stuff, or if your opponent, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's, good. It's an awesome card. I love the artwork on it too. Great artwork. I I, I think I, I want to give this an A minus. Ooh. Okay. That's that's pretty high marks from Tim. Chris, I, I think you, so. Yeah. How would you do it? I'm gonna go a little less than that uh, with a B plus. Um, and I actually want to get into something really quick that's kind of been a theme throughout all of these cards, which is modality, meaning that like it is giving the player a choice. And I think that that's awesome. And I think that it's the sort of mechanic that rewards skilled players, because when you have a better knowledge of the game, you're going to be able to make the best choice more often with that. And so it, it just kind of like... Uh, rewards you for having a better understanding of the game and i really like that about the card so i'm really excited for this set to have a lot of uh modal cards in it that we've seen so far um yeah overall i'm looking forward to playing with this one b plus b plus pretty good alex what are you gonna grade it i'm i'm with chris b plus the upside isn't quite enough to be an A minus to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the flexibility is just so good, though. I, I'm sticking with B, with B plus. Okay. What did yeah, I n- get? No new points. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just it's just good. It's just a good. E- You're not going to be wrong buying this. You know, like it's not it's you not an auto buy yeah, like brand is right, but. It's real good. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, Command and Deception are like A plus pluses. So, like, an A minus in comparison looks like crap, but like, or a B plus, you know? Yeah. Sorry. The way ahead, they Matt. designed it to be good in the early game and the late game is a very unique feature yeah. of the well, card. Okay. So, I'm trying to look at this as like a mixture of Kron and Brolin. Yeah. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's 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 half. It's it's quite literally in between the gold cost. It's not four and six. It's five. You have the two gold of Brolin without the discard, but right. you have more damage than Kron. Mm. But you have to discard a card. Yeah. So it's really interesting um, design. I like. It's great. It. It's it fun. Is. This is and the game is great when we have choices like when we have fun attached to cards. Uh, it, if so, here here's a weird point. If this was six health, it'd be an A minus. Okay. But the fact that it's five, it there's a lot of things in the game that deal five damage. Right. There are not as many things in the game that deal six damage. Deal six. It can also be discarded by the fireball, which is a huge downside. Mm, yeah. So okay, again. <laughs> It's a B plus, not an A minus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might you might be convincing me about the B plus here. So, it, it, no, it's a, it's a fringe scenario, but yeah, yeah, and it depends. Like in again, this is another one in a cleric deck. This is probably closer to an A. Actually, a cleric would freaking love this. Oh card. yeah, oh, econ champ sure. early. Oh, they, well, can it change no. the damage? Okay, so oh gosh, uh, this this is <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> 
whole thing. Yeah. This is another rant that will happen later that happened now. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a, whatever. I'm going to give it a B just because one. I gave Gallic, I, I think I gave Gallic a B plus and I, I think I like Gallic a little bit more just for the cost performance. Okay. But uh, if you're a cleric though, this is an A. I think it's an A card. It's an awesome card. I I, I think it and Gallic are pretty much on par, and then the yeah, other two are they're pretty cool. much on they're super par. close. Yeah, they're real close. Is. And I might change my mind when I play it. Uh, yeah. I, in fact, I probably will change my mind. When I play it. <laughs> that's that's what I'll go with now. Uh, so that is my fear with Gallic is that I'm going to play it a billion times and be like, this card never lives. I'm done with this card. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not expecting Gallic to survive though. I'm just happy with this. But card. when it but does, when it survives, it's the greatest card ever. Yeah. Well, and at, at a three cost to just sacrifice a card is worth it for like a cleric, especially it is. in a lot it of is. situations. And it's let at two two defense. Like that's your opponent has to spend some damage to get it out of there too. Yep. And, Unlike well, like a death threat or something that just sacrifices and does a little bit of damage. Yeah. Yeah. This actually helps you anyway. Sorry. All right. All right, uh, guys. Well, that was another wonderful session of Nostra double Thomas <laughs> and his glimpse into the future. Um, let's double keep the- See you next time. <laughs> Nostra double Thomas. <laughs> All right, everybody, when you hear that sound, you know it's almost the end of the episode. But first, we have the community roundup. I'm going to just go through really quickly and uh, give a brief summary of each of the community events that are going on right now. Um, Tavern Brawl, Predator, and Highlander are all on uh, break right now in between seasons. Those should be coming back uh, in the coming weeks and possibly in the... uh, New Year as well. Um, King of the Castle uh, continues on as always. In King of the Castle right now, we have Horgel, King Horgel, defending the castle against his own cousin, Fino. Uh, this is happening in Castle A. In Castle B, we have Cory Bear 88 versus CL Rider 78. Remember, listeners, this is always open for signups. Currently, we have about, I think, 11 people on the signup queue. It's a great way to um, sign up for an event that doesn't take up too much time. It's a fun way to participate and follow along. So check out King of the Castle. Again, links to this are in the show notes. Okay, up next, I want to talk about the HRPC, the Hero Realms Premier Circuit. The event six just completed. And in the finals, we had our own special guest from today, the Cats' Meow. Fighter versus Noodle Tupe's Ranger. The winner was Noodle Tupe. He won a two to one in a very action packed and close match. Congratulations to Noodle Tupe and Alex also uh, for the great finish to both of you guys. Uh, in the third place match, we had Zembu's Fighter losing to Rucksack's Ranger. Again, this looked like a really close one. Uh, Apparently, it was level three that this was fought at, I think, and Rucksack took out the win for third place. So congratulations there. 
Um, also currently going on right now is the Survivor Season 2, which is uh, plugging along. And uh, it's still going. We have a lot of players still alive. Uh, some players with just a few heroes left as they slowly get whittled away. Um, the rules for this week are pretty cool. It is that um, no fighters can be used unless it's your last character. And you must choose your character based on the remaining characters of your opponent. So you're actually choosing which character you're going to use from your opponent's side and using that in a blind challenge. Um, so it's a kind of a cool way to flip things around. Uh, that is going on right now. And it's round eight. Round eight that's happening right now, not seven. Um, in other news, we have uh, TCL, which is um, currently taking signups for season three right now. It's a, going to be a vanilla season, one match per week. So it'll be a great way to kind of learn the ropes of the game. Uh, it's not too much of a time commitment. And it's a really cool way to follow your uh, progress through the league as you try to work up to, through the different divisions. Check out the link as well for that in the show notes. The SNR Digital Open is a legend series format in the digital app. So it follows the same uh, structure that the legend series do, which um, start out with no heroes, vanilla format. And then the um, top players from that go on to play level three hero in a um, elimination tournament. Uh, so check that out. That will be starting up soon. Also, we have Joust returning the much-awaited, eagerly anticipated Joust. Uh, this is taking signups until, I think, the tw 19th or 20th, the 20th, I believe, which is uh, this upcoming weekend. So if you're interested in some level 12 tournaments, uh, which starts out as class Jousts, where you're basically playing mirror matches, the top two players from each class Joust proceed on to the group stage where one of each hero type uh, plays off against. So there's five heroes, five different players um, facing off in a group stage. The winner from that, from each group, there's two of those groups, proceeds to the final duel, the final joust to be declared the grand champion of the joust. It's a really fun event. This is the second one. It happens. It's a biannual event. It happens twice a year. Uh, so if it sounds interesting, definitely check out the link in the notes and sign up. And that just about covers, oh, no, it doesn't. Last but certainly not least, we have the Game of Games, which is also um, still plugging along. I think right now we are in, um, there's players who have advanced to stage three. Uh, and I think it's Master Chulky and the Cats is Meow. Um, there's eight players in stage two. And there's still uh, 11 players in stage one trying to get out of jail by playing different pub games. The rules are a little too elaborate to get into here, but they're a lot of fun. Check out the Discord or the link in the notes to uh, read the rules and check out if you're interested in enjoying a future version of Game of Games. And that wraps up this week's Community Roundup.
All right, everybody, that is the end of the episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I know this is kind of a longer one, but we had a great guest and some great conversation here. So uh, I want to say thank you to all our Patreons who support the show and give us a little bit of their hard-earned cash to uh, you know, pay for some of the server costs and all of that stuff. So uh, thank you to all of our Patreons, and uh, thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we love doing this and I'm we're glad that you guys just want to listen to us talk about this stuff. And I am double dubs signing off for the evening. I had a lot of fun recording this episode and we'll look forward to anyone who wants to catch me on my stream Wednesdays at 8 30 PM central catch all the hero realms action. Catch you guys later. Alex final words for the, listeners i want to thank everyone here for the opportunity to share my thoughts on this wonderful game that we all get to experience it's not perfect but it's (laughs) the game that we deserve (laughs) Um, no it's i love this game i spent a lot of time on this game and it's been a ton of fun playing it And I hope that something I've said today will resonate with you uh, via the game or maybe even with health. Because honestly, as awesome as games are, your health is more important. Your body is more important. And uh, yeah, I I hope that one day you will pay attention to that, whether you are young or old. Well said. Wise words to finish off episode 18. Thanks for sticking along with the ride, everybody. We know the digital app itself is kind of going through a little lull in new content. Uh, and it's might be hard to keep up your motivation and interest in the game, but thanks for sticking with us. New stuff is coming out soon. New adventures await ahead. So stick with us along for the ride. We will be back again with episode 19 in a couple of weeks. Until then, everybody, stay well, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next time. to the end of the show congratulations you're a nerd tune into the next episode of sparks and recreation for more on community events meta-analysis and everything hero realms